0: This time on the Fountains Fellowship Fort Worth Podcast. An old adage says that before marriage, opposites attract. After marriage, opposites attack. When we commit our lives to one another, sometimes it feels like the things we once loved in our spouse are the things that begin to annoy us the most over time. In this, our last message of our From This Day Forward series, Pastor Samuel reminds us that marriage is a covenant, not a contract. See, a contract is based on mutual distrust, but a covenant is based on mutual commitment. When we lean into our commitment and sow into our marriage, we will reap great rewards in our relationship with our spouse. Here's Pastor Samuel. So we're going we're
1: gonna to talk today about From This Day Forward, and we're going to do the last Uh, We're going to do the last week of this series. And I believe if you're married in here and you apply these things to your life, you will be successful in Jesus. All right. Now, um, if you're not married in here, I believe that you can apply all these same values and principles in your relationships. Right. As a single person. okay. So this is for all of us in this room today. Now, let me ask a simple question. If you are married, did you how many of you married somebody that was different than you? Anybody? I mean, different than you. Like, I can raise my hand and say that my wife and I, when we first met, we are just very different from each other as far as our upbringing, the way that we viewed things, the things that we did on a daily basis. And uh, it was crazy what Jesus did. And, And I will tell you that, you know, when you're single, it says opposite attracts, right? The opposite person, for some reason, you're attracted to. But when you get married... Right, they say that opposites attack. Yeah. Anybody? Yes. Like, is it just me and my marriage? Right? Is, or unless I want you to understand, right? That that when you get married, it's not all beautiful roses and flowers and rainbows and waterfalls, Dane. I mean, it's not all all of these things. There are a lot of other things that happen, and so we find that opposites can, in fact, attack. Yes. And we've been talking over these last couple of weeks about that and, and you find in marriages that at the very beginning, you know, things are small and they're fun and everybody loves each other and you hear things on the radio and every love song is about you and your you know, the person, your girlfriend or boyfriend and it's this loving, you know, awesome thing and then all of a sudden you get married and these little small, you know, uh, little arguments turn into these raging, heated battles, right? And all of these things begin to happen, and all of a sudden, as you're living life together, you wake up one morning, and you realize you, you don't even know your spouse. See, this is what can happen in the world around us. This is, this is what can happen in, in, in our culture when the statistics say that 50% of marriages will fail. And that's the same in the church as it is in the culture around us. So what we are doing is we are talking about five ways to fail-safe or fail-proof our marriage. Five ways. Let me recap those. The first way is seeking God. We will seek the one who is God, right? We will seek the one with our two, which is our spouse. Our most important relationship on earth is to um, each other when you are married to your spouse, that is the the most important, other than your relationship to God. So we are going to seek the one with our two, and that's why we pray together. I talked about it's very important that you pray together. If you pray together, you will stay together. It's one way to fail proof your marriage. Number two, fight fair. We fight for resolution, not for victory. We find so many people that when they come into our office to deal with counseling issues that they have been fighting each other and to just really in an effort to win. And that doesn't help. What we do is we fight right. We fight for a resolution to the issue, to the problem, so that we can move forward in a loving, kind, encouraging way. And number three, we talked about have fun face to face, Right. Side to side, where you are living life and enjoying each other, being friends with each other, but also belly button to belly button. Am I the only one? I know that can't be true because you all have offspring next door. So somebody's doing something around here. Praise God. Belly button to belly button. We're going to have fun. Listen, marriage better be fun or count me out. You know what I'm saying? If this thing isn't enjoyable, if I don't wake up and love my spouse and and, am a friend to my wife and want to be with her, man, I really want to change some things. Week four, last week, we talked about staying pure. We don't want anything to taint our marriage. We talked about impurity as poison in our lives. And that poison will only cause us pain and hurt and destruction to our relationships in marriage. So we must stay pure. We must guard our purity in marriage. If you miss any of those previous four weeks by this Tuesday, all four weeks will be on our podcast. I don't want you to miss it. I don't say that to promote our church's agenda. I say that because it is very important and vital that your marriage is healthy. Because friends, a healthy, strong marriage, people look at and want to have that same thing. And you're going to go to them and say, the reason why I have a healthy marriage is because Jesus came into my life and changed the way I thought and the way I responded in, our, in my marriage. That's the key, friends, is that people would see your life and they would want what you have, and his name is Jesus. Yes. Because Jesus' way is better than my way. I always tell you, I, I, God can run my life, run it better than I can. Yes. And every time I think it's about me and my agenda, I make a mistake. This is the, the, the foundational thought of all of this. Is that the reason why we have what we have, the reason why we live in freedom, the reason why we can love each other and grow and build our community of people is because Jesus is the center of all that we do. Thank you.
0: Do
1: you believe that? Thank you. Today, we're going to talk about never giving up. I believe that is very vital in my relationship to my wife. There's something at the very beginning of, of, of my relationship that my parents instilled in me, which is, hey, marriage is up for a lifetime, and, and it's important that you, you pick and, and know that God wants you to marry this person, and that you're, you're, you're thinking, God, is this the right person for me, because this is forever. So today we're going to look at the most important teaching in all of these weeks, which is never giving up in your marriage. Alright, somebody say never giving up. Never. Never
0: giving
1: up. Now, let me, let me give you a few disclaimers. I'm not saying that you should stay in a marriage uh, or that you should stay in a relationship or an abusive marriage that where you're in physical danger. That's what I'm not saying. Because if that's the case in your marriage, what I would tell you is that you need to separate and get into counseling yes. in five minutes. Yes. It's that important. That you would make sure that you are safe, that you're healthy, and that we begin to help you process this issue of a broken relationship. you know that from time to time, we're always going to have difficult things that come up in our relationships?
0: Yes.
1: This is why we have Jesus. Yes. Because if we could do it on our own, we wouldn't need Jesus. In fact, we could all be sleeping right now. Getting ready for the Cowboy game that's, that was last Thursday. <laughs> but, because God is good, He's given us a way... And he knows that it's much better than our own. Now, if you've got, if you've found a divorce in here, I don't want you to feel guilty today because uh, chances are you've already felt guilty about the divorce that you had. So that's not what this is about today. Now, others of you, you've done everything you could to save that marriage. You did everything you knew how to do, and it just failed. For some of you, you royally messed it up, Right? You made a bad decision. There was some infidelity. There were some things that came into that that just destroyed it. Listen, the, the reason why this series is called From This Day Forward, because that's what we're talking about today. From this day forward, we are going to choose Jesus. We're going to choose to live correctly. We're going to choose to respond to God in a loving way that says, God, be Lord over my relationship today. And that's what I want you to understand. I don't want you to look at the past, because the past will trip you up. Mm. But today, I want us to dedicate and commit and say, God, we're going to do this thing. We're going to do it your way. So, let's go to the Word of God for a minute, because I believe this is the roadmap to life. Amen? And if you read this, you will find life. If you don't read this, right, if you neglect (laughs) your Bible and forget to pray, you will shrink, shrink, shrink. But if you read your Bible every day, you will... Dude... You guys better wake up, man. I'm going to go for the next four hours. There is no cowboy game, right? Let's go to the Word of God. I love the the Word of God. We're going to be in the book of Matthew, right? Wonderful gospel of Matthew here, chapter 19. Jesus is here, and he's got all these guys. They're called Pharisees, right? They're guys that always try to... to, uh, Put Jesus in a difficult situation and find out what he knows. And they're always trying to get get at him and find a way to weasel in and find out if he really is Jesus and all of these things. And so we see here that the Pharisees are trying to trap Jesus in this one um, conversation about the subject of marriage and divorce. So they're coming to him to, to say uh, and, and ask him a question. This is what they ask. He says here in chapter 19 of Matthew in verse 3. It says some Pharisees came to him to test him. And they asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Mm-hmm. Now let me stop there for a minute. Now the reason why this is important in, the, in that day and time is because women were treated as property. For example, if you had cattle, right, they were just as, as important as a commodity as a wife. And a lot of these men, they had multiple wives, and they would divorce them from time to time and let them go and do whatever they wanted to do. And they really treated them in a very horrible way. So what they were trying to do is sucker Jesus into saying something about this. And I want you to hear what Jesus does, because he not only bottom lines how we're supposed to respond to each other in the relationship of marriage, but he says something so much further than they could have ever imagined. Because remember, they're thinking of women as property. And here Jesus says here in verse 4, He says to them, Haven't you read, He replied, that at the beginning, the Creator made them male and female. He goes all the way back to Genesis and quotes Genesis and what happens here. He says, listen, didn't you know that in the beginning, the Creator made them male and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife And the two will become one flesh. The Bible says, and so they know they are no longer two but one flesh. I want to say this: it's not that you're no longer um, you you no longer have your own personality, you no longer have your own identity, but it's it's saying here that the two of you are now one flesh. You are now one in everything that you do, and it says at the very end here in verse uh, six. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Let no man separate those two things, now becoming one. You know, marriage is like two pieces of paper that, that are stuck together with glue. hard stuck together. And in that paper, when they are stuck together, certainly they are two people, but now they are one because they're stuck together through this covenant of marriage. Now, let me explain to you, when, the, when, when this is stuck together by glue and by this covenant that Jesus has created, what happens when you tear this thing apart? See, friends, this is what divorce does. You can't tear pieces of paper apart by themselves or you will rip it and destroy it and, and hurt everything that was made when the two became one. And, and, and those of you that have had a divorce, you know what the feelings. You, you know those d- destructive feelings that happen when in those hurtful, deep-seated things that hurt when you've been divorced. If you've had parents that were divorced in this room, if you've had parents, you know the pain and the hurt and the fear that rose up inside of your life when there was a divorce. Friends, I, I want to tell you, divorce is painful. It is. And and Andy Andy Stanley says this, you can't un-one what God has made one. You can't un-one what God made one. So you can't change when God brings two people together in that covenant of marriage. You can't make that un-one. And he says it very interesting here, and I believe that our culture has a problem with understanding this reality. And today I want to shed some light on why The culture feels this way and how you and I, through God's understanding, can live differently. Now, let me say this to you. Marriage is a covenant, not a contract. A contract is based on mutual distrust. Did you know that? Mutual distrust and it increases my rights. Okay, And I'm going to explain that to you. Um, and, and, And a contract really says that I'm in as far as you're in. So I'm in this thing as far as and as long as you want to be in this thing. That's what a contract says and that's what a contract does. Listen, I have a rent property right now that I am preparing for renters to come in. And basically what I will do when the house is ready and somebody comes in and wants to rent, we will create a contract that, 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 that states that I don't trust you and you don't trust me. And therefore, I'm going to make a contract that says if you abide by these rules in my house that you take care of the carpets and don't let your animals pee all over everything. All you you people out there that own houses, you know what I'm talking about? If, if, If I say that now, what if I walk in there and the dog has urinated all over my wood floors? That's a breach of contract, right? I can immediately allow them kindly to leave because they've broken the contract. But what if I don't do something that, they, that I told them I would do? Well, they have every right to take me to court and deal with it. Because, friends, that's what a contract is. It says, I trust you as long as you perform. As long as you meet my needs. As long as you do what you said you were going to do. As long as you make me happy. As long as everything is great. And as long as nothing better comes my way. Wow, really? What a contract is. But marriage, friends, is not a contract. It's a covenant. This is the difference. This is what the culture does not know. A covenant is very different. A covenant is a permanent relationship that God has created. He's the one who created marriage, and it deals in a permanent relationship. The Hebrew word covenant is translated as the word karath, it means a cutting. And what they would do back in the Old Testament to create a covenant, they would cut a bull, a full bull, in half. And, and the, two people that were crea- the, the two people that were coming together for that covenant would walk back and forth through this bull seven times. And at the end of the seven times, they would commit to each other that if they didn't fulfill that covenant, that, that, that they could be killed just like that bull was killed. That's how serious, friends, a covenant is. And we can even see in the Old Testament, people would get married. And in that marriage, they'd be standing in front of a priest. And the priest would take the hand of the groom, right? And take the hand of the bride. And he would slice their hands open with a knife. So that they would bleed. And he would put the hands of the wife and the husband together, right? Because in Leviticus, it talks about the life of a person is in the blood. And so they would make that covenant by holding hands together. And the priest would take a rope and wrap wrap the rope around their hands as a sign of a blood covenant together until death do us part. And I want to tell you what God has joined together, let no man separate. This This is the reality of a covenant that we make when we get married. And for some of you, you've never heard this. And this is why we're speaking this to you so that you understand how permanent a relationship that God has given you and how wonderful a relationship that God has given you. You don't un-one what God has made one. On a contract, there's an end date. Did you know that? Your rent is for a year. At the end of the year, we'll take a look at it. See if you've taken care of the house. See if you've done everything you're supposed to do. If not, see you later. God bless you, right? The Covenant is until death, the Bible says, so we never give up, we never stop fighting the good fight we never we never see it as as something that we cannot do because with God and in God we can have all that we need to have and give, He gives us everything for success in Jesus yes. uh, Ruth Graham, Billy Graham's wife you guys know Billy Graham's little preacher guy. Yeah won <clears throat> millions of people to the Lord. He used to travel a lot, and there would be times when he would be gone for six months at a time. And one reporter interviewed the wife, Ruth Graham, and said, Hey, how do you deal with him being gone for six months? Have you ever wanted to divorce him for being gone? You're raising all these kids. It's got to be difficult. And she said this interesting, interesting statement. She's like, um, Yeah, I, I've never considered Divorce. I've considered murder, but I've never considered divorce. And see, she understood, friends, how important marriage and the covenant of marriage was and is. And we make when we make a covenant before God, we will keep that covenant no matter what. But you might be sitting here today saying, listen, but I'm not happy. I don't trust him. I don't like the way she talks to me. I don't like the way that I feel when I work all day and have to come home and do this. In fact, I don't really love this person anymore. In fact, I don't feel in love with this person. Listen, let me me make this statement. To get divorced because you've run out of love is like selling your car because you've run out of gas. Correct. It's like selling your car because you've run out of gas, right? You must refill the love. Do you know that? Yes. Amen. We're going to kind of briefly talk about that. Listen, there are lots of times when any of us in this room can feel like we don't love anymore. We don't have any more love left in us to give to anybody else, much less our spouse. And that's where Jesus is a different way to help us refill that love. And, you know, and and this is why in the first week of this, we talked about seeking God together. Because, you know, the more that I love God and the more that I allow God to love me, the more I can love my wife you know that the more that because Jesus is love god loves through you because he is love and the more that i find i'm angry and disgruntled and complaining the more i realize it's my relationship to the lord that's bad and it's not my relationship to my spouse and i need to immediately check my relationship vertically so that my relationships horizontally can be right and i will tell you a lot of people feel like when they come to us and start counseling, it's like, we just, we're just we not in love anymore. We don't have that passion in our lives. We don't feel in love. I just need to move on. And, and, and listen, if you don't have any love, well, you, you got to fill it, right? you got to work on finding ways to fill your life with love so that you can be faithful to your spouse. And, and I'm telling you, that all revolves around God who loves through us so that we can love other people. And then God forgives through us, and and so that we can allow God to give us grace to love and forgive our spouse. See, this is the remedy, friends, for any of you that might be sitting in here today feeling out of love with your spouse. Jesus is love. He will give that to you, and it will flow to you and through you. Scripture says that if you are a believer, you cannot say, I love God, but hate my husband. You cannot say, I love God, but, but hate my brother. You can't say that. Because in God, if, if you really love God, right, he's going to work on your heart for you to love other people. Now, what do you do when you're trying and you're seeking God and you're hoping to love and you're just not getting anywhere? I want to encourage you today to remember the principle of sowing and reaping. The Bible tells us the principle for sowing and reaping in Galatians six seven to nine. It says here, "Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. No one who sows to please the spirit, uh, no one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life." So I want to encourage you, you must consider the issue of sowing and reaping, and you reap what you sow. If I plant an apple seed right here on this stage, right, hopefully in fertile ground, it's not going to produce an orange, will it? No, because I'm sowing in an apple seed. It's going to produce only what I sow into. it. if somebody smiles at you, I, more times than not, you're going to get a smile back. Would you say that's true? Yes. If somebody flips you off while you're driving down the street after church on a Sunday because you're so hungry, you got to get to the restaurant, right? Um, and they flip you off, What you, you're, you're probably going to respond with, Jesus loves you. Yeah. Yeah. But some of you might tell them they're number one back. In so many words. And it's fun, not funny at all. I was driving to work the other day and two two big truckers, man, were flipping each other off, screaming obscenities. Right? And I was just like, can I just get around you crazies? Like, I just trying to, to understand. But this is the point is, a lot of this world lives by, like that. Whatever you're sowing, you're going to get back. Yeah. If you sow grace and compassion and thoughtfulness in your marriage, I bet it's safe to say that your spouse is going to respond with grace and love and compassion. But if you sow with complaining, and you're always on this person in a critical way, right? If if you're defensive, if you're angry, if you have to justify everything. Well, listen, don't be surprised if that's what's produced in your spouse. Whatever you sow, friends, you will reap. The harvest depends on the seeds that you plant. Listen, women are like multipliers. What does that mean? Well, if you go to the grocery store, and I, I do the grocery shopping, and, and uh, get all this food, and I come home, and my wife whips up this awesome dinner from this food that I got. It's this 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 issue of women are multipliers. Listen, uh, a bachelor pad, if you have a bachelor pad, and you bring a woman into that, you get married, and, and, and she comes into your bachelor pad, well, no longer is it a bachelor pad. She'll start throwing things on the wall and bringing flowers home and making it smell good. That's just inherent and who women are and what they do. If you bring a woman flowers and give her affection and let her know she's comforted and that you're going to meet all of her needs, I guarantee, friends, there might be some belly button to belly button time coming your way. You are correct. Amen, brother. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, I I, I want to encourage you, friends. there There are things that women are great at. And in fact, if you give them physical love, you might even get a kid because they multiply, right? Now, if you give them a hard time, <laughs> if, you, if you belittle them, if you make them feel like they're not worth anything, right? they're going to make your life a living hell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I want you to encourage you. You've got to love, and, and whatever you sow, you will reap. Listen, let me say this. If you don't like what you're getting, look at what you've been giving. That'll preach, Pastor. I'm going to say it again. Somebody asks. If you don't like what you're getting, right, look at what you've been giving. You will reap what you sow. And listen to this, friends. You will reap where you sow. Did you know that? Listen, I find a lot of people sowing in all types of directions in their lives. You can sow to be the the best golfer, to be the best hunter. You can sow to to go out and shop and put all your finances and resources. You can sow into your kids. But let me tell you, none of that helps your marriage. And your first ministry, your first responsibility is to your spouse in this world, right? It's to God and to your spouse. And and I want to tell you, listen, if, if you become a parent and you put all your energy into your kids... Your marriage is going to fail because you've not invested in to the right area in your life. If you put all your energy and effort into your career, is that going to help your marriage. No. In fact, you're going to, you're going to neglect the greatest gift that God gave you on earth. For a lot of us, we've not been seeking God. We've not been fighting fair. We've not been having fun. We've not been staying pure. And and we feel like giving up. But listen, God is the one and our spouse is the two. And if anything else moves into that number two slot, you're not going to be successful. So I want to encourage you. What are you spending your time in? What are are you sowing your life into right now? It's not your marriage. You've got to switch some things around immediately today because God wants to bless your marriage. Listen, our marriage is as good as we decide for it to be. Did you know that? Some people look at my wife and I and think, well, you don't have any issues like we've got. You don't deal with all these things. And we've got all these, these things that are going on in our marriage, and it's messed up, and it's crazy. And, 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 and you, you know, they look at us and think we've got it all going on, and, and we've got all these things. Listen, there is no difference between my wife and I than you and your wife sitting there today. There is no difference. The difference is with people that are successful in marriage is that they've decided that they will seek God and love and forgive. And that also they've decided to fight fair and fight for resolution. No difference. But yet they've decided that they're gonna have fun in marriage. They decided that, that they're gonna stay pure, that they're gonna they're gonna get rid of all the trouble and the, the poison that can so easily infect our lives. And listen. These people that are successful have decided to never give up. Friends, I have parents that are, next year are going to celebrate their fiftieth anniversary. We have, amen. Did you think that was all rainbows and waterfalls? I lived in that, through that, all of these years, and I will tell you something: they really believe that it's more important that they never give up. Than anything else. Because through all of that, they're still here loving each other and showing the whole world that no matter what comes their way, if God is first, everything will work out. Yeah. This is what I want to communicate to you today. That with Jesus, that view will be successful in this. Listen to what Galatians 6 9 tells us. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. That's what I want to say. Don't give up. Because even when it looks dark, and even when it looks scary, and even when it looks crazy, I want to tell you, if we would be faithful, and patient, and loving, and try to find Jesus in this, God will begin to illuminate our lives and He'll grow our marriages and they'll be stronger tomorrow than they ever were in the past. And let me say, let me say this to you. What does this look like in real life? Number one, it says, be totally committed to one another. You and I must be totally committed to one another. That means that everything else is secondary to that. Listen to what Ann Landers says. She wrote for marriage. Um, it's, she says here, for a marriage to work, a couple must decide... That we are going to neglect the whole world rather than each other. Neglect the whole world. Right? And focus on each other. Have you been focusing on your spouse like that? Or is everything else around you more important than that relationship? You know what God's been doing in our church been bringing people that have been applying these principles to their lives, and they are coming to life like never before in their marriages. This thing, this, thing, this thing with Jesus and what He did for us produces amazing results. Number two, got to make our marriage priority and make it the highest commitment in our lives. We can't neglect each other for other things. So many marriages are really exhausted and hurting. And maybe one or both may give up. But my advice for a couple who are in that spot is to always pray for each other. Yes. Pray for our spouse. Let me tell you the hardest thing to do when you do not like your spouse is pray for them. See, because what God is trying to deal with you and I is our heart. And when we surrender what we want and we begin to pray for our spouse, all of a sudden, God begins to come into us and radically change our hearts. And all of a sudden, we begin to start loving again. We begin to feel something in our hearts towards that person because we said, God, we want you to be a part of this thing. And we desperately need your help. Praying for your spouse is vital to that. We have to remember that when we pray, with God all things are possible. Yes. In closing today, some of you might be saying, Listen, Pastor, I've heard all this stuff. I've heard all these things that you've said, and and I don't really feel I don't really feel it. I don't feel like being nice. I don't feel like forgiving. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like working on it. I don't feel like staying married. But let me, let me question you on this for a moment today. Name another significant area in your life that you can make that excuse and get away with it. What if one day you woke up tomorrow and you said, you know what, I don't want to work anymore. In fact, I'm not going to work. I'm going to stay home every day and I'm not going to work. The problem with that is you don't eat. Because you don't work. And if you don't work, you don't eat. So what do you do? You get yourself out of bed, and you go to work. What happens if I wake up tomorrow and I say, you know what, I don't, I don't like being a parent. In fact, I don't like none of my kids. <laughs> what if I said that? And I said, you know what, I'm just going to quit on being a parent. But you know what, I'm not going to do that, and neither are you. Because you're going to wake up, and you're still going to parent that kid. Yes, Because you know what, you realize you're never going to give up on your child. And what I want you to understand today, friends, is you—you you, you have to understand that that you—you got to work at this. Yes. But this isn't just something you got You know, you get married and, and everything is gonna just be great. That's not reality. That's not real life. We got to start fighting fair. We got to suck it up, and we we got to begin to realize that this marriage is what it's it, it, is what is it, we're gonna make of it, whatever it, we make of it. But you and your spouse have to decide that we're going to do it God's way. We're going to begin to pour that into what God wants and what He's telling us to do. We're going to stay pure. We're going to fight against temptations. We're never going to give up. And if you and I continue to seek God with our two, He's going to radically revolutionize our lives. Yes. And so many people are going to look at your marriage. And Jesus is going to use your marriage to bring other people to life. Yes. And friends, that's all I've ever wanted in my relationship to my wife. Thank you. Certainly there are, there are difficult days. But you know what? At the, at the end of the day, my wife and I, Nicole and I made a covenant. Not a contract. This was not until I find something better. Or until she finds somebody that doesn't throw his socks on the floor every night. This is not a contract. This is a covenant that I have made with God and my wife that is unbreakable for us. From the very beginning of my wife and I getting married, that was never even an issue. And I told her before we even got married. I said, you know, there's one thing that we'll never fight about, whether to give up or not. She knows this. She'll tell you this. We're never going to fight about giving up. Nobody gives up in this family. We're winners. That's what we do. And that's a heart that I have because I love God and because I love my wife. And even if some days I don't feel like loving everybody, including my wife, I have to go to God and say, God, deal with my life. Deal with my actions. Is there any poison in my heart that's causing me to see that the grass is greener somewhere else? Friends, I want to encourage you today that Jesus has given us the ability to be successful. Do not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. I want you to stand to your feet this morning as we close today. I want to pray for us today in these last moments that we have together on this beautiful Sunday that God has given us. What I find in marriages and in any relationship is that the enemy will test us because he knows what you and I just heard. He knows what God is trying to sow into your hearts today. And the enemy will come this next week. And and, and I've heard this so many times that right when we try to get our relationships right, something comes in the way to destroy it. The enemy does a great job of that, friends, if we allow him to. I've had friends before that have come to me and said they went to a fortune teller and to, just to try to get some help. And the fortune teller revealed to all that the, 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 this person's spouse, that this person has, has cheated on the spouse ten years ago. And what happened was that they chose to spend their time with something that was not of God. And what did it produce? Divorce. What did it produce? Death. What was it good for? Nothing. And yet today, we have been given the understanding that we're not going to quit. That we're not going to give up. That we're going to seek God together. That we're going to have fun. That we're going to stay pure. And at, at the closing of this marriage uh, a series, I want our relationships to be stronger than ever before. And what I'm going to do is, as Dane prays, I want to pray for the marriages in here. And, and I want to impart some things into you from a spiritual sense that, that will give you some fortitude. And I just want to pray for you. And, and, and I want to do something that different than we normally do. I'm going to ask you, if you're married in here, Even if your spouse is not here, but you are saying to me and the Lord today, God, I made a covenant to my spouse, and I want you to continue to grow me. I want you to continue for me to see what I don't see and to bring life into my marriage. I want you to take your spouse, and even if your spouse isn't here, I just want you to come up to the front here, and I'm going to pray for you that God would do miracles in your marriage. That God would bring life to you like never before. So if you are here, I want you to come to the front and I'm just going to pray for you. Nothing weird, nothing crazy. I just believe that today I want God is giving you the opportunity to respond. And in your response, come on up, scoot up guys. Let, we got room, we've got people coming in the back. Nicole, you need to be up here. Come stand with me because Lord knows we need some Jesus, right? Yes. I want to encourage you today that we are responding, not not just publicly, but we're responding to God. And I believe as you and I respond to Jesus, it moves his hand to do great things in our marriages. And this is the most vital thing that you could do today. And in this next year that you would say, God, I need you in my marriage like never before. I need you in my relationships like never before. And my wife and I, we're going to pray for you this morning. We're going to take an extra... Ec- you might be a few minutes late today, all right? But this is so vital this morning for you. You need And you know, for you single people out there, don't, don't worry. I'm going to pray for you next. Because you're coming this way, right, for the most part. And if you're not, you still need Jesus like never before. And so we're going to pray. I want you to bow your heads this morning. I'm just going to lift you up before the Lord. Just allow and believe this morning that God's going to impart such grace in your marriage. God's going to impart such wisdom and love in your marriage. Dear Lord, I honor you today. God, we know that you started this thing called marriage. And you have a wonderful plan that you have laid out to us over these last five weeks. And today, I lift up these marriages at the Fountains Fellowship to you. That every one of these people that have responded to you... Would would, would say yes to you, that you would impart encouragement to these people, that you would impart love to these people, that you would impart a wisdom like never before into these marriages. God, that you would impart hope into these marriages. That even though some of these people in here today feel hopeless, God, you are a God of hope, Lord. And we know, God, that you are the great physician. And there are areas in our lives today that are broken, that are abused, that are hurt. And I just lift them up to you, God. And I pray that you would do a healing work. Um, and to my friends today Jesus that you would do a healing work in these marriages and you would bring restoration to their lives and you would bring healing and encouragement to them that Lord your way is better than our way that you would bring real life to these people and then these couples today that people would begin to look at these couples and say how do you do it why are you so blessed Why do you love each other? Why do you always talk about Jesus? Why is it that you live the way you do? And I pray that these couples... Would, would, would be the hands and feet of Jesus to everyone they meet outside of these walls here, Lord. That they would do an amazing work together. Lord, you have put them together by your covenant. And when two are together, they become one. And that's what I pray for. That's what I proclaim in this house a oneness like never before. That you are together in this. You are not separate anymore. You don't have separate... but God, that you have knitted these these couples together in strength and in power and we give this to you, Lord, today. While you're there, friends, I'm going to pray for salvation. For those of you that don't know, all of this is predicated on salvation. If you don't know Jesus, if you've been away from Jesus and been living your life, Without Jesus in it, I would encourage you, All this, none of this really matters unless you give your life to Jesus. I want you to bow your heads with me. If you are here today and you've never received Jesus or maybe you've been away, I, I want to pray for you and we're going to do this together as we always do. And at the end of this day, I want you to go to the First Steps table and get a Bible. And, and, and tell the First Steps table what you did today. You can fill it out in your Connect card. But we're going to pray. Because this, this for some of you, is your first step to really beginning to see what you don't see. And that's what Jesus does when he comes in. He illuminates your life. So you can see things that you never saw before. Yes. And God will help you in this. This is what these marriages are all about, is seeing today what God wants us to see and we're going to do. it. I want you to repeat after me, all of us in here. Lord Jesus, Jesus, save save me from my sins. Make me new today. I believe Jesus died for me and he rose again so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit so that I can serve you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. I give it to you today. Thank you for new life. for new life. Jesus' name. Jesus.
0: Everyone said. Yes. And that's all we have for this time. Love God, love your spouse, and we'll see you next time.